Hello, tax simpletons. I just made that up on the spot. This is Taxes Made Simple After All. As you probably noticed, the name of this episode has the phrase speed round in it. The point of speed round episodes is to deliver the need to know aspects of a dense but important tax topic in five minutes or less. We know that we have a limited amount of your increasingly shortening attention span to capture, so this is gonna be quick and painless. With me for today's inaugural speed round on stock compensation is Natalie Cohen, who runs a dark horse CPA practice in Portland, Oregon. And today's discussion is for employees and employers who want the quick and dirty on stock compensation. We're gonna release additional speed rounds that go into further depth on the topics touched on today over the next couple of weeks. Okie doke. Natalie, thanks for being here. Glad to be here. And are you properly caffeinated? I think I am, let's go. Okay, well, let's dive in. What is a stock option? A stock option is, as the name implies, an option to purchase a certain number of shares at a certain price. And what does it mean to exercise an option? To exercise a stock option means that you paid that certain price to purchase a certain number of shares. After exercising the option, you now own those actual shares. And can you tell me a little bit about what tax basis is? Tax basis is essentially a fancy way of saying what you've paid for the shares. It can also be the amount that you were taxed on as ordinary income to the extent you didn't actually pay cash for the shares. And what does the term vesting mean? So you can think of vesting as being synonymous with earning. When your equity in a company vests, it is generally yours. Oftentimes employers will require your equity to vest over a number of years in order to incentivize you to stay with the company. If you leave before any part of the equity vests, you forfeit your right to that equity. And what exactly happens when your equity vests? If it's an option, generally nothing. If it's for stock, which is usually in the form of restricted stock, you're taxed on the fair market value of the stock on the vesting date, as if it had been paid to you like normal cash salary or wages. And what is an 83B election? And that's B as in boring. <laughs> so an 83B election is an election. So it's optional and requires a filing with the IRS. The election is made by someone who has unvested options or shares that is electing to be taxed on the value of the equity now before those shares vest. So why would anyone make an 83B election? So if the value of the stock is increasing or you expect it to increase, then the amount of tax you'll pay if you make the election now is less than it will be if you wait until the stock vests. Also, the tax paid when you eventually sell the stock will likely be taxed at more preferential tax rates. And what are the risks of making an 83B election? So if the stock never vests, you don't get to recover the taxes paid. If the stock loses value, all you'll have is a capital loss, which could take many years to fully utilize against other income. So what types of stock compensation are most common? The different types of stock compensation that I typically see include non-qualified stock options, also known as NSOs or non-quals, Incentive stock options, also known as ISOs or ISOs. Employee stock purchase plans, also known as ESPPs. Restricted stock units, also known as RSUs. And phantom stock, which can go by a number of different names. Great, so what is an NSO? So an NSO is an option to buy a certain number of shares at a certain price. When you exercise the option, you have to pay tax on the difference between the price you paid for the stock and its actual value at the time you bought it. And so what about an ISO? An ISO is like an NSO, except there is no tax due when you exercise the option. 
In certain circumstances, you might owe alternative minimum tax, also known as AMT, when you exercise an ISO, but that's a topic for a different conversation. ISOs are taxed once the actual shares have been sold. And which is better, an ISO or an NSO? Generally, I would say an ISO, as it matches cash received with the taxes owed from the sale, since there's no tax owed at exercise. Also, the taxes have a higher likelihood of being long-term capital gains rates, which are lower than ordinary income tax rates. And what is an ESPP? So an ESPP, generally, is the option to buy stock at a 15% discount from the current market value. That 15% discount is taxed via payroll when you purchase the shares. When you sell the stock, you'll have either long-term or short-term capital gain, depending on how long you held the stock. And what is an RSU? An RSU is essentially stock in the company that becomes yours as it vests. It's taxed as ordinary income when it vests at the market value at the time of vesting. And what is phantom stock? So phantom stock is basically a stock appreciation rate, which means the right to participate in the increase in the value of a certain number of shares. The caveat is that you don't actually own the shares and oftentimes a rather rare liquidation of it is required to get paid when you own phantom stock. When you do get paid, it's in the form of a bonus through payroll. Phew, we did it. Natalie, you are a rock star. Phew is right. That's a lot of information to cover in a short amount of time, but we did it. Okay, well that wraps it up. I think we're just under, maybe a little above the five minute mark. So join us for our next speed round where we'll dive deeper into NSOs and ISOs. So thank you for tuning in to TMS, or if you're not into the whole brevity thing, taxes made simple because there's TMI and then there's TMS. And now for the disclaimer, the content in the preceding podcast should not in any way be construed to be tax advice. All tax laws are nuanced and thus are applied to each unique situation differently. Don't be a dummy, hire a CPA, preferably a dark horse CPA.